This episode is sponsored by our friend Snug Plug. You know I don't do many sponsorships, so when I do, you know that I believe in the product. We all face outlets sometimes that have loose connection. They just fall out. When you're doing your vacuuming or you're trying to charge your phone, it just falls right out of the wall. Well, now with Snug Plug, you don't need to worry about that anymore. You just insert that, and it'll be nice and snug. A wonderful invention that I think you should get as well. And you can support us here at the podcast by going to the affiliate link and getting yourself a Snug Plug. A big thank you to our sponsor, iFixit, who fights for your right to repair and makes really cool tools in the process. If you need to fix your phone, laptop, or even a vacuum, iFixit has thousands of parts, tools, and free guides. Mercury, Mercury Stardust. She's a beacon of hope in the darkest night. Mercury, Mercury Stardust. She'll teach you how to make it all alright. Hey there, hi, my name is Mercury, and I'm the trans handy ma'am. My pronouns are she, her, and I teach compassionate DIY. We're here to help renters, LGBTQIA members, and anyone who's feeling left out in a DIY space. Hey guys, gals, and non-binary pals, thank you for listening to this episode of the Handyman Hotline. As always, I am joined by the amazing Maggie Conrad. Blast off! <laughs> the audience has erupted for you, Maggie. We are exploding and taking off into outer space for you, Maggie. You are bringing us so much joy. Uh, yeah, you I literally know, cannot. <laughs> I every week, every week, Maggie. This is your life now. Me and Matt are teaming up to bring you joy, and also just being <laughs> stupid every week. I love it. You wait. We got First some. It was the never-ending train. Yeah, in outer space. Yes, Maggie. We find new ways to send you into um a large crowd of people. Sometimes we blow you up. Sometimes we send you into a Timbuktu. Who knows? Uh, Maggie, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Well, I got back from Topeka, Kansas last week. Yeah. Um, for those of you that know. I was in Topeka, Kansas for five days, mm-hmm. and we helped Luke with his home. Yeah. Um, and boy, we had a lot going on there. Wow. What a what what an adventure that was. Uh- <laughs> well, an adventure after an adventure after an adventure after an adventure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. It was like um, it was a domino effect of things that could go wrong, and then also lead to other solutions. And- yeah. It was a lot. And what you all saw on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube is much, much, much smaller than the large project. You will never fully see, probably. I've said this from the very get-go of that Topeka trip, is that I really wish we had someone documenting that. Yeah, as a documentary, a documentary because that that would be <laughs> a watch. Yeah. All the things that went wrong and the the legal problems that we still can't talk about, yeah. like just so many wild twists and turns. At one point, I turned to ZZ and I was like, "This is like a Netflix series. Mm-hmm. It's like crazy <laughs> the amount of stuff that went wrong with a this drama series." Yeah, because like. <laughs> To, from from being reached out to by people mm-hmm. to then helping somebody and then like in two days we're already down there and mm-hmm. raised thirty five thousand dollars and then eight months of just one thing after another and paperwork that wasn't you know, like done and finalized and this one thing and that one thing and you know and then the 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 job with the roof and oh everything but yeah. all that being said after all this time the roof is done. And we are now done inside the home as well. Now, did I get everything done I wanted to? No. The walls were not finished when I left. They weren't painted and that kind of stuff. But here's the good news. We raided the ship. We put them in a good Mm -hmm. spot. And it was a whole lot better than when we walked in, right? We fixed all the leaks that we could get to. All of the holes in the ceilings were fixed. We ripped out all of the drywall that was rotting. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot. It was a lot of stuff. I mean, this was a major renovation we did in three days. Yeah. And just this past weekend, my very good friend now, Alonzo, texted me a photo of them done with the paint job. Oh, wow. They sanded it all down and they painted it with a mold protective paint that I That's told them to amazing. use. And they did they use Kills um, mold and uh, mildew resistant paint. Mm-hmm. And that is the stuff I recommend for like a primer yeah. to be like a good sealant. Two coats is better than one, especially like on a wall that was freshly drywalled. Yeah. I would say that you probably want to put two coats on it to make sure. Mm-hmm. But it is a great product and I do have a lot of good luck with it. 
That's so great. He's so he's got such amazing kids and such a great yes. like community that he's built around him. Luke is one of the most kind and thoughtful people I have ever met, and I'm grateful to have had the pleasure to have like weekly meetings with him. Yeah, for the um, last few months, we are probably going to schedule a time. We're going to give it some time before we do this, but I want to schedule a follow up with yeah. Luke at some point later in the year or maybe even next year where mm-hmm. we go by and you and I take a look one year later. I'm afraid of what the results could be because like that home, you know, no matter how much you're trying to fix it, that home is just going to have a hard time. Yeah. But you have to remember is that people's homes are their homes. You know, it's not for us to tell Luke what to do with money, right? The money was raised on his behalf and he's going to use it the way he sees fit. And I think that's an important factor to this, right? Mm-hmm. This is a home that he has, sh- like, shed blood, sweat, and tears on. Yeah. He never thought he would have his own property of any kind. And, yeah, it's a pretty beat-up, very loved trailer, mm-hmm. right? But it's a place where he's had dozens and dozens and dozens of people live with him at very moments of their life when they lose their family or mm-hmm. friends because they're trans or and queer and they have nowhere else to go. And Luke is the person who puts him up. No questions asked. And he does it all the time. And very rarely do they pay rent. People just live with Luke until they can't and then they move on. And that yeah. and it happens all the time. Dozens of people have told me over the time of meeting me and um, working with Luke um, about stories of their own. Like so many of these people have like come out to their family or have like come out to their significant other and then Mm. lost their living arrangement had nowhere to go and then luke is just there yeah they'll sleep on the floor they'll sleep on the couch they'll sleep in you know um anywhere they can and that's how people get by in our community and that space it's very hard to tell someone they can't live there anymore that they need to find a new space it's important that we support them where they're at and not tell them where to be yeah and i'm really proud of us for doing that doing the best (laughs) work we can do and Really proud of everyone who stepped up to make that home happen. But without further ado-do, Maggie, do you want to get to the questions of the day? Let's do it. For those who do not know, we are going to answer five DIY questions. Mm -hmm. Now, I have never seen these questions or heard these questions, so I have no idea what I'm going to get. I go into this completely not knowing anything at all, and I just pull things right out of my butt. Um, So Mercury star butt. Yeah, Mercury star butt. And sometimes I pull a whole, like, you know, five-piece band or something out of my butt, and you're like, wow, that's really impressive. And sometimes it's a clown car. So it's very hard to know for sure how this is going gonna go but Mm -hmm. let's make sure we get to it maggie i'm ready for you do it line me up megs hi mercury this is chris she bay i'm calling because my mantle has fallen off of my fireplace Uh, my cat's about 15 pounds my other two are about 12 and 13 pounds like to jump and run across the mantle and about a week ago maybe two weeks ago my little 15-pound cat ran across the mantle, and all of a sudden, the mantle was on the floor. Turns out they mounted my mantle with about four finishing nails, and now it's on the floor. So can you tell me how to fix this? Because I don't think that finishing nails are what we use to hang a mantle. Thanks so much. I hope that you can help. Love you. Bye. Wow. First of all, I love hearing about cats. If you want me to make sure that I answer your question, sending me questions that involve the kitty cat, that's the way to go. Uh, <laughs> first and foremost, boy, four finishing screws. Wow, that's thin. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't sound like there was any adhesive added to it, too. It doesn't sound like there was any. Okay, so I don't know. I, I, I don't, I'm not super familiar with mantles and how they should be put together <laughs> but i gotta tell you four finishing screws doesn't sound like that should be at, finishing nails fin- yeah oh god yeah they're even so worse. thin they're you so thin screw they're barely yeah i mean there's a barely good for the for hanging anything on the wall yeah. right like mm-hmm. and they're fine for you know when you're doing various things and you're using like five thousand of those for your frames in your mm-hmm. in your wall right but like not for holding together something that's going to have weight on it so I would use a screw, right? I would probably use, I don't know how thick that, that mantle is. I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to say a construction screw. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm going to say so that's the one with a star bit. I think that's going to give you the best torque. I think that's going to give you the deepest option. And by deep, I mean I wanted to sink into the wood a little bit so you don't need to worry about that. And then put wood putty on top of where the hole insert was and you won't even see it. If you can't find the construction screw or even like a star bit that goes with the construction screw, then screw it. <laughs> <laughs> She's so funny. And you get yourself like a, a long enough drywall screw and that will work. And then drill that into essentially wherever the, the finishing screws are, go kind of where they were. And those drywall screws should hold it. But before you screw it in there, I would say get yourself some like adhesive caulk. Mm-hmm. Get yourself mm-hmm. like caulking that's going to like be adhesive that's going to be right in there. Um, I'm trying to think of good options. DAP makes a really good, that's D-A-P, makes a really good adhesive caulk that I really love. It dries in about 20 minutes. So you put it on there and right on there. Then The sound effect was really... You want to do that again? That, you put it on there and you... And then you're good to go. <laughs> I hope they can be picked up. I hope they can hear that. Let me do it one more time. You put it right on there and you go, and then you, <laughs> the stupidest podcast. Uh, and then you just, uh, you press it down. It's all about weight. Mm-hmm. But if you're putting the screws into it, that's going to, that's going to do the job. It's going to sink into it. So yeah, I think that's the solution. Maggie, do you agree? Yeah, you've been, you've been looking at, good. you've been looking at me the entire time going, I hope she got this. I have nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. Nope, not a damn goddamn thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's about good. I will yeah. also say, I don't know what what is the gap like from the mantle to the wall, mm. right? Yeah, that also seems odd to me, right? Did he use any like silicone cock or something on there to like hold it? I don't know. You think they would? I don't know. I, I, our I, our mantle isn't on. Our mantle is screwed directly into the brick. The brick, yeah, chimney, yeah, place. yeah. They didn't say anything about if this was screwed into brick or drywall or anything, mm-hmm. right? No, no. So I don't know if it's like on a wooden like mantel piece hmm. or if it's directly into the wall itself. Yeah, well, because you could if you it's could go four if it's four finishing screws. I'm gonna say it was like drilled, yeah, like a mantel piece on something on top of something, yeah. not into something, right? Yeah, and also like. This four, I would say if you can put more screws, if you can put eight in there, mm-hmm. you're probably better. But I don't know how thick mm-hmm. whatever you're drilling into is. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to tell you to over drill, too. It's really just my gut instinct at this point, <laughs> I think. You know, and so, go. Screws, lots of them. Yeah. And some oh. kind of adhesive. Oh, yeah. This is a very good point. Thank you for bringing this up. Well, one last tip I will say is pilot hole. Mm, because you don't want to split that wood for that mantle. Mm-hmm. It typically mantles are much thicker, more solid wood. You don't typically split it, but if you hit a, if you hit a knot the wrong way, poof, you know what I mean? Oh, it's going to split real good. So go slow with a pilot hole is making a hole before you actually insert a screw and then insert the screw. Um, and I think that will be good to go. And that should make sure your cats are nice and safe. You know, hey. again, if you want to answer, if you want us to answer questions, make sure you call or text in and you lead with the cat. You and lead. Also send a picture of the cat. Yeah. And send a picture of the cat. <laughs> if you text. Michael and Ray will eat that up. Yeah. If you send pictures <laughs> of the cats, we will probably answer your question. <laughs> Next question. Hi, Mercury. My name is Bridget. She, her. So I think I might be taking on a big project. I am looking to redo my cabinets, paint them. Growing up, my dad really never let me do anything to my room, no holes in the wall, no paints, nothing. And I've always been afraid to kind of take on a task like that. And I decided I'm taking my birthday off in February, and I'm going to stay home and redo my cabinets. Do you have any tips or tricks or, you know, can you give me a little play-by-play on how it's going to look? I would really appreciate it. Thank you, and I love you so much. Bye. Oh, first and foremost, I'm excited for you to go on this journey and to try to get this done. And I'm also excited for you to be like, you know what? I can do this. Screw you. Screw you, old man. Uh, (laughs) I love that mentality. I will say my first instinct is I'm always weary of the cabinets uh, for a lot of reasons. I don't know what kind of cabinets we're dealing with, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Is this like, um, you know, are these cabinets like 80 years old? And are they like crusty paint? Are they going to need to be completely sanded down? If this is a cabinet that has been painted like three to four times, and these are like white 
white, beat-up, dingy cabinets. You're going to need to sand them down, and that entire kitchen is going to be a mm-hmm. nightmare. And you need to take all the doors off, and you need to do it properly and get it to right the ship. You know, writing the ship of cabinets is really, really important. And you can just put paint on top of paint on top of paint, but then that's when you start having problems with it peeling weirdly, and you have a lot of problems with, like, paint wanting to, um, you know, kind of, like, bubble up, mm-hmm. and you just, you know, it starts looking not great, right? If you want a good finished coat, if you want it to look pristine, the best route to go when you already have previous paint jobs is to sand it down. Wear a respirator and sand it down the best you can. Get as much of the previous jobs off to the wood and then primer it and then paint it. And then that brings me to the next point. <laughs> when we are doing this work and we're talking about cabinets, we're talking about details. We're talking about really making sure we get in every nook and cranny. Mm-hmm. Take the hardware off. Oh, yeah. Don't do the landlord. Take <laughs> the hardware off. Okay. And then I would say use an accent color and a primary color, right? I'd say two colors, especially if they're within the same wheel of like like color, really works well and works great on cabinets. I love that look. You know, we have like gray with like a green like door or something. Mm-hmm. That kind of, th- those looks are great. Do whatever your heart desire wants to do. If you want to do a full pink door, you fucking go for it, you know? <laughs> but like really think about like the dimension of color that you're going to have because it really can add a lot of depth and really make it look a lot less flat. Mm-hmm. It's the problem I see a lot with when people do cabinets, they, they just do the whole thing, right, to make it look like it's not old and beat up. But then instead they take like, they make it almost feel like one note. Mm-hmm. So really think about dimension of color is really important. So maybe think about more than one color. But absolutely take the hardware off. We're talking knobs. Yeah. We're talking like take the drawer right out mm-hmm. rather than trying to paint it while it's on the the cabinets itself. So take all the drawers out. Label them. Label them. So you're going to want to like take a photo and then in the photo put one, two, three, four, five, mm-hmm. six, seven, yeah. eight of all the drawers. And then put label the inside of the drawer like with a piece of green tape. Right? And put one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that way, when you look at the photo, you're like, oh, this hole is for drawer one. Right. This hole is for drawer two. This hole is for drawer whatever, right? That is the quickest way to do this. And that's the way I've always recommended it. Because when you're doing these projects, it's best not to do it like one piece at a time. Mm-hmm. You do it all at once. It's yeah. all about, all, you got to get the momentum going. The, the more you do it, the better you're going to get. That's why primers are so good. Because primers get you used to everything you need to know. You know what I mean? Like a good primer um, and a good primer job will teach you how to do the good finish job. Yep. Do you know what I mean? It'll get yeah. you nice get and you in there. All the nooks and crannies. Yeah. And- so once we got the primer on, once we take all the hardware off and we're doing all that stuff, and if your drawers, if your um, shelves come out, um, maybe do that too. If we're just talking about the exterior, which I kind of hope you do, um, then you don't need to worry about the shelves at all. But sometimes people want to paint the exterior as well and be mindful of that, that that's a nightmare, um, the interior rather. Mm-hmm. Now, all that being said, finish coats, mm-hmm. okay? What do we do with a finish coat? This is where I really advise you to use what is called a weenie roller, okay? A weenie roller is like a brush that's going to be smaller. No, not a brush, uh, a roller that's going to be smaller. They're usually like... Anywhere between four to like seven inches, but they're thinner and they can fit in a lot of tight spaces more. Mm-hmm. But also, they're typically not like like a nap on a regular roller would be anywhere between a quarter inch to maybe like a full inch of of actual fuzz, right? But that can cause sometimes like a texture. Mm-hmm. It can also cause drippage. A weenie roller, if you go slow enough, won't cause that much drippage. You can also get a roller that's just like a two-inch or a one-inch roller. Do those kind of things, right? Mm-hmm. Brushes are fine, but brushes can leave strokes. Yeah, and not I, I, I'm not a fan of. I mean, so there's, there's there's definitely spots you're going to have to do a brush, mm-hmm. right? 
But that's when you use something called a shortcut brush. Yeah. I think those are, you got much more control over. And I also think they do a better job in these type of incidents. I think when you have the three inch like angle brush like you would for a Mm -hmm. wall, boy, the bigger the brush, the bigger the nightmare. You want a shortcut brush that's nice and small and compact to get you in all the nook and crannies. Um, I think we went over this pretty good, right? Am I missing anything? Um, so one thing that I would recommend, and, and this is because I didn't do it this way when we did our kitchens in Texas, um, but we uh, got a, here in, in Wisconsin, we got a paint sprayer. It was like 40 bucks. Oh, Jesus, The yeah. interior paint sprayer. And in Texas, when we did our, our kitchen, we did not, we used rollers and brushes. And I regret that because it like the paint was just on really thick. We didn't. It, Always just, dripping. Always dripping. Yeah. Um, we did our hallway that had some wainscoting that, um, you know, is similar to like the cabinet feel as, as far as like the wood. And we did some, we were stupid again and did some rolling on it. And then my husband brought out the paint sprayer and it just went on like oh it was so smooth and you use less paint and it was really fast so like if you plan on doing a lot of diy stuff around your house i would recommend they're they're small it was like you know it fit in the size of your hand like it was not very big um it was not very expensive mm-hmm. but it was really it uh, made a huge difference they have they've gotten better yeah they, um it used to be so wh- i came up right when the like the more non-commercial ones were coming out more. Mm-hmm. There used to be a huge gap between yeah. all the industry standard, right? And mm-hmm. then what people could use who are homeowners, right? There's a right. huge gap. There was like the thousands of dollars, right? Yeah. For a spraying. Now you can get a pretty decent one for 120 bucks mm-hmm. or 80 bucks. Even you can rent these sometimes from Home Depot or Lowe's or Menards. Yeah, I think we got ours like used. Are you for, serious? It was like it was less than fifty dollars. When was this? When when was this? Here uh, in the last year. At, at your new home or old home? Uh, at our new home, we used it um, in the in the hallway. Wow, the wainscoting and it just it made such a huge difference. How old is it? How old is it? What you like a couple years old or? Um, no, it's it. No, it's like maybe a year old. Okay, okay, okay. I think if we got yeah. it used, I think and he got it used, but it was like still in the box. And I'm asking because I do think the ones that are older tend to have more problems with a clog mm. and tend to have problems where they just like, sometimes with sometimes sprayers would do this thing where they like spit out stuff rather than like have it be a smooth scream. I always tell people that before you use it, you should hit like a piece of cardboard yeah. Yeah. and make sure you get the, the, the ugly stuff out. Mm-hmm. And then when you're... when Always end well before you are getting to the bottom, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, when you're running out of that paint and you know you're going to run out, when you hit a quarter left, just stop. Just yeah. stop and fill up. Because if you don't, you can get to that spitter part of it. And you can mm-hmm. get to that, like, it throws air out. And that will fuck up your whole paint job. So, be aware of that. The Also, if none of this is appealing to you, you can roll it. Yeah. You can roll it. I... I do think the spray is such a fucking it's it's so quick and easy, mm-hmm. but the prep is so much bigger. Well, I I honestly I wouldn't do it on the frames of the cabinet. I would just do it on the doors, like lay out the doors outside. Oh, like, really? On a oh, a, that's a great painter's idea. Cloth or a tarp, see, and just spray the doors. That, I I that makes separately. sense to me. I can see I can get behind that mm-hmm. because I think that especially when you're doing just a trim. With a brush and all that, when you're doing all of that stuff, you won't notice that the the imperfections right. as much, especially if that's a different color. Like if that yeah. if the trim is like a little bit of a darker tone than the rest of it, you won't notice that quite as much if you have a lighter tone of color mm-hmm. on your doors and your 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 drawers. Yeah. Well, and so yeah, if you spray the doors, it, it uses less paint, but also dry, and then it dries faster because it uses less paint. I like, like it. I, I support. I support Maggie. <laughs> this is Mercury approved. Yay. Look, Maggie helped everybody. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. How's it going? So Mercury, uh, she definitely answered this one for the most part. I'm going to say I uh, answered 85% of this. You answered 15%. Yeah. Okay. Uh- <laughs> I in the ring. <laughs> okay. Let's get the next question. Hi, Mercury. My name is Emily. My pronouns are she, her. And I have a question for you about apartments. Um, I know you worked in property management for years, so 
you're probably the most qualified person to answer this question for me, but I'm looking at moving out into my first apartment by myself, and I need to know, like, what are some red flags when it comes to apartments? You know, homes, you do a home inspection, but, like, they don't have that for apartments. So, like, what do I need to look out for when I'm looking for an apartment? What's a good apartment? What type of apartment, you know, is going to be safe and, you know, reliable for me to move into? So, yeah, what should I look out for? Thank you for everything you do. You're amazing. Bye. Oh, my God. This is so topical. It's wild. Mm-hmm. We were just... So, for those who don't know, I've been living in the same apartment for about seven years. I'm a, I'm a renter. I'm not a homeowner. Um, but me and my partner, Zizi, have lived in the same apartment for seven years. It's a long time. Okay. Our rent has just increased 20% this year alone. That's monthly. Mm. Okay. So, an extra $200 a month. That's wild. It's like getting impossible for us. In Madison, uh, and we're working on it, but like we're nowhere near ready to to get a home. And Madison prices for homes are tough. Like, you can actually spend less on a mortgage uh, than you would for rent in Madison. But getting to that point of having a down payment and you know uh, jumping through the mortgage hoops can be a nightmare, yeah. um, especially when you're a business owner. And especially when you're a business owner. So. We're in this really weird space where we're hunting for apartments for the first time in years. Mm. But again, you know, I, I'm i very familiar with hunting for apartments. And ZZ just lets me run wild when we <laughs> walk into the apartment. And today, before this podcast, we went to a new place. Mm-hmm. And ZZ just talked to the, the person while I went to every single room and took <laughs> photos of every single thing and really analyzed every single thing. and. This is what you want to look for right away. If you are going to an empty apartment, one that's vacant, and you're touring it, right? First and foremost, always make sure you tour. Always. Even a virtual tour is better than non-tours. There are now people who are pulling scams now mm. where they try to get you to sign a lease, and then they take your deposit and your first month's rent, and they run. Mm. And you show up to the place when you want to move in on the day, and they don't, they're not there. It happened to a friend of ours. I highly don't recommend doing that. It sucks, right? Mm -hmm. So be aware of those kind of things. So really make sure you see the apartment and then you see it in person if you can, okay? The next thing you want to do if you go into a vacant apartment where they had time to fix it up, right? Look for what they didn't fix up. Look behind the fridge. Mm -hmm. Look at the filter for the air conditioner. Look at these things. Check out the lint roller and the laundry um, if you have it. Like, if you have an in-unit laundry, check them. Make sure. Like, how bad are these? (laughs) The reason why is because when we're talking about maintenance and we're talking about upkeep, the details matter. These little details that seem like they're not a big deal for anybody else, but maybe just maybe they show how little or how much uh, an apartment actually puts into it. That's really important, okay? Yeah. Another detail is if you... This is going to sound like a wild one, but I promise you, nine times out of ten, this works. If you go into a bedroom, a bathroom, or a living room, anywhere in this entire apartment, and you see that all the outlets and all the switches and every single one, all of them have the screws pointing up and down, like the slot mm. of the screw is all vertical and they all match, I cannot tell you how much of an amazing technician you have working there. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's for true. That's an electrician thing. I was really wondering where you're going with that. This is, I have said this over and over again. If you walk into an apartment mm-hmm. and you see all of the screws in every single outlet and switch that's all going in the same direction, they're all going vertical, mm-hmm. boy, Boy, that is a technician that cared about details. Yeah. I was always I was always proud of myself, but I didn't do that every time. <laughs> That's insane. It's insane. But whenever I saw it, I would be like, wow, I don't even want to look at anything else. <laughs> I know I know the transitions between the hardwood and the the carpet is gonna be amazing. I know that all the doorknobs are gonna be updated and gonna be clean and varnished. I know all those things because the person spent 45 minutes on trying to get all the screws lined up, you know? But I do think those kind of details are really important. So really Mm -hmm. take a look at that. If 
you are in a vacant apartment as well, you can ask like, hey, why did the last tenant leave? Mm -hmm. And pay attention. Pay attention. If the person you're with bad mouths a tenant, never trust them. Never believe people. Bad mouth you. Yeah, I have said this over and over again. If someone's willing to throw someone on the bus, they're going to be willing to throw you in the bus too. You're not going to have a better working relationship with them. Mm-hmm. You're already at a disadvantage the moment you sign that paper. You are stuck in this contract. It's hard to get out of those, you know. So really, don't don't listen to them. But you can ask and see how they respond. You know, if they say stuff like, "Oh, they lived here for years and they were so great," you know, just you know, they found a home or. You know, they moved away. Great answers. Great answers. Mm-hmm. If they say, oh, they trashed the place. We had to do this. We had to do that. And like, okay, sure. But I don't know. It just rubs me in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And it's a really good indication of how they view tenants. Yeah. Really listen to how they talk about tenants. Right? And another thing is really be mindful about if you're on the first floor, the second floor, we wrote this all in my book that's coming out in August about like is a renter friendly guide to home maintenance that's coming out later in the year. But in the book, we talk about like how if you're on a first floor, there are some windows that are pretty easy to break into and some that are really hard. Like the sliding door ones, the ones that slide, you can put like brackets in those and prevent them from sliding if you have any issues. Mm-hmm. The ones that crank up can be pried open pretty easy and they're harder to barricade so be mindful of those kind of things if you're on the first floor if you're on the second floor be mindful of how you would leave on an emergency and etc those kind of things so there's a lot of those kind of things you want to think about and think about the worst case scenario so in the worst case scenario you're not panicking okay mm-hmm. now the next part i would say is if you're going to an apartment that is being lived in right now right there's people there while you're touring which is the most Awkward thing you could honestly do, but a lot of times, you know, that's what you get. That you know, you you got a tour of these places while people are still actively living in them, right? Mm-hmm. Really look past the mess, look past people lived in there, and don't judge them. Look at what is wear and tearing. Okay, look at the the carpet. Where is it fraying? What make us like start trying to think about? Be the Sherlock Holmes. Why is that fraying there? And is there something that's causing it other than just, you know, a human Mm. doing their thing, right? Mm -hmm. Look at the bathroom flow, right? Like, are are there things in here that seem like they're broken? If there seem like there's a lot that's wrong in here, then the question is, why isn't the tenant calling and having this get fixed? Right. Is there a reason why they're not having this get fixed? Or is it because the landlord is not doing it because they're waiting for them to move out? Mm-hmm. And that's a fucking red flag right away. Yeah. So, like, those kind or of things. don't feel comfortable asking oh, for help. Yeah, if they got a if they got a shitty relationship with the landlord, you're going to notice pretty quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you this happened to us today where the landlord, the owner of the actual company was there, which is wow. very very rare. And he, he's touring with us. And... We're in this place where someone is actively living when they're not home, and there's two cats. And we go into this room, and the cat tries to get in, and he's like, no, 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 Pebbles, you're not allowed in there. He knew the fucking cat's name. That's so cute. And then he sat there for a few minutes petting the cat, saying, oh, no, you're not allowed in there. So is that where you're living now? (laughs) It is a strong candidate. But, like, those kind of moments to me. It means a lot. It does. Those little weird moments of, like, Seeing someone's humanity does change because, like, if they're showing you theirs, they might be more willing to see yours. Yeah. And that shit matters. I know those things might be, like, a little bit like a hippy-dippy kind of way to look at it, but I'm serious. (laughs) Like, really trust your instincts when we're talking about this, right? You can also ask to meet a technician. You can ask, you know, or ask a technician a few questions via email. They might get back to you. Uh, Sometimes technicians will be too busy. But I never was. I always met with future clients all the time. I loved it. It was my favorite thing in the world. And I would say I helped seal the deal more times than not. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you, being personable and making them feel like, oh, there's a, a face to, mm-hmm. you know, the worst thing that could happen is that you never meet your technician until the moment of need. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a hard relationship to start off like you're already at a disadvantage. And you just got to rely on them to know what they're doing. 
But if you meet them ahead of time, it builds like this trust and this understanding of how they might communicate mm-hmm. with you. It's like if the only transaction we ever have is that I'm only there when something gets broken, mm-hmm. the, it can be internalized that the tenant is bad when that isn't really the reality, right? So I think it's good for technicians to meet tenants when they move in and or when they have questions about if they want to move in and those mm-hmm. kind of things. So I hope I answered everything. That was great. You, anything I missed? Anything you would add, Megs? Um, storage no, unit. I think... Look at the storage unit. Yeah. Look And also look at the storage unit and see um, padlocks. Mm-hmm. Okay? This is a huge one. If these are easy, accessible, like they're open to like, if they're in the basement and they just have like a shitty padlock and they're like up with mesh and stuff, they're not not great. They don't really care about your belongings, and it's in the basement. They don't really care if it gets full of water and mildew, right? Mm. But if they're in if they're in like the second floor of the building and they're all like in closets, that's different. You know, I'm sorry to cut you off, but that's just dawning me. That- yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned storage. We didn't have those in Texas when I was a renter. Never had a storage. What with with your apartment? See, this is wild. Region to region is so different because mm-hmm. we didn't have basements too. So you so you didn't have a basements or storage units. No, you got whatever closets were in your apartment, and that was it. What yeah. you didn't, did you get a garage or anything? No, I mean some places had garages, but no, not I. I never had a garage. So, yeah, we never had, we we don't really get garages too often in Madison. But just wondering, we also don't really get basements very often too. You, you might get like a shared basement space. Mm-hmm. Um, that usually has a lot of washer and, and laundry, um, and a dryer rather. But like, you almost always get a storage unit. Yeah, no, no, I've never had a storage unit. Wow, wild! I lived in a lot of apartments before we R- bought. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, again, region to region, what's different? You know, mm-hmm. it, it's interesting. What will be different? What did you have? Did you just have like whatever was inside the apartment? Was it? But did you get a lot of like? Did you have any townhouses that you lived at, or any duplexes, I, or was yeah, it a lot I of like in, box apartments? I lived in a few like big box apartments. I lived in a few smaller like own you know single building apartments. I lived in some townhouses, um, duplexes. Um, yeah, I've lived in a variety of of rentals, and mm-hmm. I've never I, had. I'm partial. Storage, I'm storage. I'm partial to townhouses. I like townhouses and duplexes mm-hmm. a lot. I think that those are like the ideal yeah. ways to be a renter. But I also sometimes they're on the higher end. A lot of times, yeah. I did have like a little mini backyard in a townhouse. Oh, fish pond. But that's nice. That's actually what means easy. We're looking at today was a townhouse that had a basement. Uh, living room and dining room, and then nice. two bedrooms and then two baths, mm-hmm. and then a backyard. And we're like, mm-hmm. wow. So maybe, maybe there'll be a new home. Who knows? <laughs> we don't have a backyard now, but it would be a nice place to have our cats. Our cats would love that space. Yeah. But anyways, another part I was going to bring up because you you jogged my memory is knowing what you really want, mm-hmm. and knowing that like an older home that is being rented out might not be the best route. Right. Duplexes and townhouses are designed to almost be the perfect rental space, right? Like townhouses, especially because like there are a bunch of houses that are like sandwiched together, mm-hmm. almost like an accordion. Yeah. Like the, those are designed that way. They're designed to be like contained. They're often better insulated than most of box apartments mm-hmm. are. They're not They're more house like. They're more. Yeah. They make you feel like you have a home. Now, Typically, if you have a whole bunch of townhouses all next to each other, you might be living in a neighborhood that is not going to have the best environment sometimes, mm-hmm. right? They're usually in spaces that are just like, yeah, just live here, right? Like, yeah. not always the most upkept space in a lot of ways. But but here's the upside to all of that, or the downside if you don't want to go that route, is <laughs> if you go to a house that is like an old, old building, right? That was converted to be more than one apartment. And I have seen this. I've talked about this many times on the podcast. But our sound engineer, Matthew Allen Haig, who's listening to us right now, <laughs> uh, can take a test to this. When you live in an, a building that was like a mansion back in the mm-hmm. day and they convert it to be an apartment or is a large building they convert to be like two apartments or something. There's a lot of corners you got to cut. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things you got to do to make it happen. We saw an apartment yesterday. Where it was an upstairs apartment. And this was okay. Like, I could definitely see 
how this at one point in time up the, the staircase was definitely a part of like a whole big house. Mm-hmm. But they converted it in a way to make it two separate units, which really felt hand fisted. Like nothing was done mm-hmm. well. But you get upstairs and you go to the bathroom. And the bathroom has a slanted wall, right? And that slanted ceiling rather. And that slanted ceiling is right above the shower. So your shower, I'm six foot, right? The shower was three feet. Shit. If you did not count the slant, like the slant, mm-hmm. right? There was, I would have to sit in the shower every single time. Wow. For me to be in the shower. Yeah, it's just all the corners you have to cut. The shower itself was on the corner of a wall. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen that before, but it had to be in order to fit mm-hmm. in this apartment. And that's what you see a lot in these houses that are converted because yeah. they have to put to, a kitchen and a bathroom yeah the one before because also like they don't have to do that mm-hmm. you could live in a space where you have a shared bath and that happens a lot right but they can charge more mm. if they shoestring and, and if this is a house that had two bathrooms because there's technically yeah a bathroom because i can <laughs> Even o- if it's shitty i can almost guarantee maggie that this space that bathroom was a half bath. Mm-hmm. I can always guarantee that bathroom was a really nice half bath. There's no way that this originally had a goddamn shower and tub Corner in it. Corner shower. There's no way this did. <laughs> they, but when they converted it to be an apartment, they were like, all right, we put a tub in here. Yeah. We're going to be able to charge about $400 more. You know what I mean? <laughs> now we got two baths, you know? Um, and I very much think that is the scenario. That happens a lot. Do you not, do you like I that? I love that voice. You like that impression? Oh <laughs> my god! Oh, we got two baths over here. <laughs> two baths. Everybody want a two bath? <laughs> Ridiculous. I hope we answered that question really well. And happy apartment hunting. And the last tidbit I will say is: take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. Mm. Trust your gut. It is stressful. No matter how you do this, it is stressful. And just know that whatever choice you make is the best choice that you're making for yourself, okay? Yeah, give yourself a lot of grace. Yeah, give yourself... You're going to have moments where you're pissed off and maybe you're like you're, you're viewing like 10 places. Mm-hmm. I've been there. Sometimes you view so many places and you don't... You're not a single one that speaks to you or every time that you apply, it's already gone. Yeah. It's not, it's not fun. It can be hard to do this, especially because... You know you don't own it, mm-hmm. you know? So it can make it feel really hard sometimes when you're like, oh, but I just want my own home, you know? Mm-hmm. Just, you're not alone. We're right there with you, and I send you all my love. Next one. We've got a question from Emma. Pronouns are they, them, and they reside in Portsmouth, Virginia. Hi, Mercury. I hope this is the right number to ask questions about fixing stuff. Anyways, I bought my first house in September, and it's a little bit of a fixer-upper. On the long list of things I need fixed, the plumbing under the sinks is the first on the list. Long story short, the double basin kitchen sink doesn't drain, but it isn't clogged. The plumber under it is the plumbing under it is messed up, not done correctly, but I don't have the funds to have someone come re-plumb it. What do you recommend for kits so I can do it myself? Or should I get all the parts separately? Is there a way I can fix what's already there? Okay, we're going to take a look at this picture real quick. There's a few. I'm taking a look at the photo right now. And there's three photos. And I am so... So so let me get this straight, Maggie. This is not draining. Right. It's it not... It isn't clogged. And it's a double basin sink. So. So the question I have is... When you're running water in it at all, it, it it never goes down. They didn't say. Yeah, this is always hard when we when we. So my my question would be for them, is that when you're running water in it, does it slow? Does it go down slowly, mm. or does it absolutely never go down? And there's a big difference between the two, right? And then from what I see in there, that's just a hot mess of just yeah. confusion. And they said it doesn't drain, but it isn't clogged. So I would assume that it's just draining very slowly. Because otherwise they might have said something like it's holding water and we can't get it to go down. Yeah, I mean, I would still, I would really, when they say it isn't clogged, I would question that. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, like, that would be, it depends. If they, if they had a professional come or, mm-hmm. and they didn't find anything, then yeah, you know. But if they only tr- if they tried it and they they just did it the p trap, 
and they didn't find anything at the P-trap, then I would say, well, go past the P-trap. Right. But here's the thing. There's an elbow. This is interesting. The way they designed this is also... Yeah, it looks weird. You're not going to want to get a kit. Boy, I I don't know. This is a tough one. So the way they design it, there's a double basin that goes into one P-trap, but there's a... L bracket that leads. This is wild. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what that stuff is called, but I they know did it does it, not look right. They <laughs> did, there's an elbow that comes right from one basin leading into another one. You don't need to have two separate P traps. You don't need to. Mm-hmm. You could, but you don't need to. But the way they designed this one is like real weird. I don't know if I agree with the way that they did the plumbing here. Mm-hmm. It's not the way that I would totally usually do. Two sinks is what I'm trying to say. Um, but I see <laughs> I see that in all the plumbing that I can see here, I see purple. And what I mean by that is that they used PVC primer. Mm. And th- that means that there's PVC cement glue in all of those connections probably. Mm-hmm. Now, the things that twist, I don't, you know, like the nuts, the plastic nuts, they might be able to come off. But I have a sneaking suspicion that those also might be with cement. Uh, And I think, and I, that's always like a red herring that somebody was just like, they didn't know what they were doing and they went for it. You could find a big ass object or something in there. I almost wonder too, if it's not draining, like you can have an air pocket in it Mm. and that can really fuck it up. And an, an air pocket can be caused because of poor plumbing. So I don't, the solution here is to keep kind of digging at it, Mm -hmm. to like, see if you take off the P-trap, what happens? Do you know what I mean? Like put a bucket right where the drain is and let it go down and, and try your best to isolate and troubleshoot, right? Mm -hmm. If you have the, is this an apartment? Is this what they said? Is it an apartment? Uh, or is this a, It's their first home. This is their first home? Their first, yeah, they bought a house. Oh, my God. This is our first home and this is happening? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, then I'm really worried about it. And they can't have a... Boy, I want to know where they live. I want to go see, take a look at it. <laughs> is that normal? So no. The picture, it's going sideways. No, it's, it's going from the P-trap, and instead of going straight into the wall, it's like going uh, sideways? No, that's not normal. That's not right? normal. Like, so, because wouldn't that obstruct like water flow? Yes. Well, that so, so okay. So the way that your sinks work, right? So let me say this is the drain pipe, right? Yeah. There's a very good chance that it doesn't want to drain. Yeah. That's what we could. That's what could be causing an air pocket, because okay, it's normal for this part to be happening. You have the P trap leading right to your drain pipe. That's like leading right to the PVC that's going into the wall. That then is going into your wet vet vent, right. okay? But the problem that I have with all this is the way that this is all designed, I think, will be is in a way where it makes me think that it's just so shallow. Like, this is the part that just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. It's like it goes right when it comes out of the wall, it takes a 90-degree turn yeah. to the right. Yeah. And then it takes another 90-degree turn to the left. Yep. And then it takes another 90-degree turn downwards mm-hmm. and then up into the P-trap. Now, you would be thinking, oh, that's not a big deal. Why would that be a big deal? Those little turns mm-hmm. matter when you're trying to get water up and out. And I think that might be the problem. Now, a plumber might say, I'm, I'm full of shit. I don't know. But seeing that does make me think, well, if you're having a problem with drainage and you have a 90-degree turn and a 90-degree turn and a 90-degree turn. Yeah, cuz all those turns is cre- it's like the water can't flow smoothly. So, what would I do in this instance? I mean, okay, they make something called flex tubing. Mm-hmm. I don't like flex tubing. It can cause problems with clogs and get stinky because flex tubing is like it's like think of your vertebrae. It's like accordion. It's like an accordion kind of thing, but like it pulls out very mm-hmm. toughly. But you can angle it at different ways and stuff like that. Oh, sure. And I, I think you're better off to try to, where the, it's coming out of the wall, mm-hmm. it should come straight out. It shouldn't be taking those right. that many turns for it to get to the actual P-trap. The P-trap should be right there. I think the flex tubing should come down from your drain and then angle it in a position where it's going to go right to the P, right to the, the exit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to go 
angle it out of the drain into a pee trap, which then leads right into your drain. Right. That's what I would do. But I don't know for sure if that's going to solve your problem. And I will tell you that everything is PVC primer in there. So that means you're going to need to cut it off and redo the whole damn thing. Yeah, it's not going to. And uh, yeah, and then, and I would say you can, your best route is to get help from someone who's done this before. This is not going to be an easy task. Mm. I think it's going to be messy and frustrating, but get a whole bunch of PVC, like for, safe for plumbing equipment, and get yourself a cutters. Get yourself some uh, PVC primer and uh, some mint glue and get ready to go. You know what I mean? And really, really try it. Get a bunch of stuff. But don't trust the kits. But remember, there's a lot of different sizes, right? There's like one and a quarter inch. There's one and a half. There's two inch. Be mindful of what you need and go from there. But the kits are good, but you're sometimes you got to buy two or three kits. So be mindful. But there's no like right there's no like for sure way to make this work yeah that's tough well, but look emma emma the last thing i will say is that if you google like sink plumbing right mm-hmm. and you take a look at some options out there you're gonna see what i mean you are gonna know right away how yours is different how yours is different <laughs> and you may be able to look at that and then and then look at this and go oh it may dawn on you yeah. okay but I'm going to tell you this right now. It will be a difficult job, but I know you can do it. I know if this is if your only option is for you to do this, pull up, you know, the the those sleeves and go for it, okay? And just know it, it can't get any worse than not draining. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's not going to get any worse than not draining. But for the clog thing, don't trust Drano. Don't trust mini augers. Make sure you're using like a 25 foot auger next mm-hmm. time. Get yourself a pistol grip auger if you haven't yet. Attach it to a drill to make an electric auger and then go for it. So that's my hot take. I've talked about that many times. There's a video on my how-to playlist on TikTok. Mm -hmm. I say go for that. And if that doesn't work, call us back. I want to hear about the results, Emma. Okay. Last question of the day. We've got Rachel, um, pronouns she, her, from Springfield, Missouri. Handyman question. I'm in the process of redoing my bathroom and I plan on using subway tiles on the lower half of the wall. What kind of adhesive and grout do you recommend for this project? Also, the wall is slightly textured. Oh, I hate subway tiles so much. <laughs> <laughs> I I had to quickly look at photos and be like, is that what I think it is? Okay. Uh, Maggie, do you have any familiarity with this that's going to help no, us? No, I, I have never seen tile go on drywall so i don't oh subway tiles yes yes yeah do you have any experience with it yeah we had it in our bathrooms we had an entire uh wall of subway tile did you ever apply it or fix it at all no no we didn't have to but i will say that uh some you know it was a little difficult i going back to it i probably wouldn't have done an entire wall of subway tile <laughs> cuz like trying to hang a mirror trying to hang anything um you know it tends to hold dirt a lot more too <laughs> especially in a bathroom so they're going to be just to clarify they're going to uh be adding subway tile to a drywall mm-hmm. in their bathroom, right? Textured drywall in their bathroom. In texture drywall in a bathroom. The texture part gets me concerned, but I haven't done this in, I haven't done this myself. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't tell you if that's a bad idea. I would tell you, depending on how much texture it is and what kind of texture it is, I would probably want to remove that. Mm-hmm. And sand it down and try to make sure it's flat. That's always best to do that because that's gonna make sure the adhesion is good. From what I can tell the subway tiles are going to adhere just fine on drywall. Mm. Apparently, they work best on drywall okay. and on just straight wood. Oh, yeah. I guess they go in the kitchen a lot. Yeah, they do. It makes sense. Okay. It, it makes, makes sense. complete sense to do yeah. it. I was just thinking of like shower or bath yep. like in the bathtub you know, wall. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm double checking some stuff. I am just really not positive to how to help in this one. Mm-hmm. I always hate when I'm in this position of like, ah, <laughs> um, <laughs> I will say this will be the first one to say this. Um, as a handy person for a long time, right? I always stayed away from tiles. Mm-hmm. I, because tile is just a difficult thing to do. It takes a lot of patience. 
And I don't do renovations, mm-hmm. right? I don't do those kind of renovations. I do maintenance and home repair, right? So doing full renovations like that with tile is very difficult, and I'm not an expert on that. The tidbits, I will say, is it's almost always about prep mm-hmm. and almost always about patience with those. There is no shortcut with tile, right? Mm-hmm. It, However, you're going to look at how-to videos, and they're going to tell you a bunch of different stuff. But anytime you hear anyone that says, like, shortcut or quick, don't listen to them. There really isn't a way to do tile other than painstakingly doing tile, right? I would say that you want to stay away from anything that says grout is better than caulking. If it's going on a wall, caulking is probably your better route, especially if it's drywall. So keep that in mind. Um, Sometimes people want to use grout on the walls. Mm. And you can, but it's so hard Mm -hmm. that it can cause cracking in the tiles. So you want to avoid it and use caulking because it's going to have more flexibility. And the last thing I will say is good luck. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's I love these kind of questions. They always push my boundaries. Mm-hmm. But this one, I'm definitely in the, the, the dark on this one. Yeah. Is anything else you can add, Maggie, before I, I take the L on this one? I I cannot unfortunately wow are we taking the l maggie are we taking the l maggie i'm not the person to ask about tile oh okay okay (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna take a hail mary we're gonna ask one final person matthew allen hag our sound engineer uh matthew have you ever worked on tile before i have not no Matt, you can put in a doom sound right Sorry, now. Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make this pact with all of you. People who have been listening to us for a long time know this to be true. I will never fake knowing these answers. Yeah. I will never fake, you know, knowledge I don't have, right? If I don't know, I don't know. But I also think it's good that you know that I'm infallible. I'm not infallible. Wait, that's the opposite. <laughs> that, that I you am. Are fallible. Y- yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> that I'm very much flappable. Uh, <laughs> flappable. I'm very flappable. But that all being said, my route would be checking more than one how to. Mm-hmm. Like, check a bunch of these. Always do more than one. I would say that the, the rule of thumb is three and three contrasting routes to do it. Because you're always going to pick up little tippets from every single person who does a video. And I can also guarantee you, as someone who does these videos herself, mm-hmm. that people like to gloss out when they fuck up. And when you get a lot of different perspectives, you start realizing that someone had to fuck up. You know, like <laughs> you get to like you, you pick you pick up a, a little bit when people are, are trying to put down. Mm-hmm. So I hope that helps. Can I give myself a, like a 20 percent that I tried? What do you think? 40%? I I think you send them in the right direction. Okay, cool. We're going to take them like a a B minus. That's too high, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) We're going to... I mean, a a good passing C. A D plus. A D plus? (laughs) If if that's passing, yes. Is is D plus passing? I don't remember. Well, you know, I made it through high school, so I'm going to say yes, it was. I used to be a teacher, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well... I want to say thank you to everyone who asked us questions today, except Rachel. How dare you? How dare you ask us that question? Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of A Handyman Hotline. As always, I want to say thank you to my wonderful co-host, Maggie Conrad. Thank you. And if you have any questions or concerns or if you have any questions about life or DIY things, please call our hotline at 608. 608- 205-8768. That's 608-205-8768. And if you really want to make sure that we will answer your questions, A, make sure that you leave a voicemail. B, make sure you also text us a picture of your cats. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great time and we'll talk to you later. And remember, you're worth the time it takes to learn a new skill. The theme song for the Handyman Hotline was written by Rody Walker. The questions were picked out by our production assistants, Ray and Basil. And the sound was engineered by Matthew Allen Hag. Thank you for listening. See you next time. This episode is sponsored by our friend Snug Plug. You know I don't do many sponsorships. So when I do, you know that I believe in the product. 
We all face outlets sometimes that have loose connection. They just fall out. When you're doing your vacuuming or you're trying to charge your phone, it just falls right out of the wall. Well, now with Snug Plug, you don't need to worry about that anymore. You just insert that and it'll be nice and snug. A wonderful invention that I think you should get as well. And you can support us here at the podcast by going to the affiliate link and getting yourself a Snug Plug. If you enjoyed this episode of the Handyman Hotline, you can listen to an even longer version by supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon, $10 or more, you'll be able to get an extra long 30 to 45 minute section every single week. Isn't that amazing? More of me and Maggie. Wow! So thank you so much for all those who already support us, and you too can support us and listen to more on our Patreon. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us keep the pirate ship alive by supporting our sponsors, the wonderful iFixit. They fight for your right to repair and makes really cool tools in the process. If you need to fix your phone, laptop, or even a vacuum, iFixit has thousands of parts, tools, and free guides to make your life a little bit easier. So grab your hammer and nails and paint your nails if you want to. You're worth the time.